welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. Let's keep it moving. All right. Absolutely. Because you're doing another show after this. I... I'm doing a mini-sode after this. Oh, okay. Uh, But of your uh, podcast, More Than One Lesson... uh, My podcast award-losing podcast. (laughs) More Than One Lesson. I would like to go home and write a movie review. Um, Oh, of what, David? uh, Gloria. I would like to, since it opens tomorrow, I'd like to have it up before it's... In the, I don't think there are any midnight screenings of Gloria here in Los Angeles. So you don't know? I don't. I'm just saying I don't think there are. Okay. Um, spoiler for my review: It's a really good movie. People should totally <laughs> see it. Um, and if your question, if you were, if what was keeping you on the fence was, does the movie Gloria contain the song Gloria by Laura Branigan? The answer is yes, it does. Is it okay? Which I think was also an American Hustle. It was in something else. The movie that song was in two movies I saw in very short succession. Oh, okay. Anyway, Blackfish was it in Blackfish? <laughs> no, because I saw that a, a long enough ago. It would have. Yeah, I mean, I'm is, not saying it might have actually been in Blackfish, but it was mm-hmm. long enough that I forgot it. Is Gloria a? Is it at all related to the John Cassavetes film Gloria with Jenna Rollins? Uh, no, which was then remade with I think Sharon Stone. No. I forgot about that film. Yeah, I forgot about both those films existing. No, I mean, now that you mention it, when I first heard, oh, there's this movie called Gloria, this new movie, mm-hmm. I did think of the John Cassavetes one, but I've been my mind has been in the place of the new one for the past couple of weeks, so I kind of forgot about the John Cassavetes film. It's the one that Denzel Washington won supporting actor for, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, <laughs> that's anyway, a dumb joke. So let's keep this moving. Yeah. Uh, a couple things. One... Did you enjoy the Golden Globes? I sure did. Did not watch them. Oh, you missed out. Yeah. The Golden Globes are, like, they're, I'm not just saying this because I'm not going to watch the Oscars this year, but the Golden Globes are more fun than the Oscars. Because there's the drinking, there's also, it doesn't, like, not that this necessarily makes it more fun, but it doesn't feel like it's trying to be family friendly. Right, but doesn't it feel, having not seen this year's, but doesn't it feel a little forced? Like, hey, you never know what's going to happen here at the Golden Globes. I think it has done that before. Okay. But I think Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are two of the greatest living people. Um, there is an so, effortlessness to their comedy, yeah. I'll say that. And yes. so they, for the second year in a row, they did a great job. And they're doing okay. it again next year. Um, and yeah, uh, astute listeners might have noticed that I said I'm not going to be watching the Oscars this year. That's right. That is a recent... De- de- it's, not, it's technically not... You know what that was? That was an unknown known, I think. Uh, uh, because I on knew, behalf of who? On not my behalf. Okay. Because I knew I was going to be out of town. Yeah. Uh, you didn't realize the it. day that the Oscars aired. Um, I didn't real. I didn't put two and two together because I booked my plane tickets uh, so long ago that I didn't mm-hmm. realize. And the Oscars are late, are they? This year? Yeah, March second. Yeah, they're in March. Yeah, last, last year, year in February, right? Yeah, February twenty fourth, the day before my birthday. That's right. That's right. Which is usually uh, how it works. Uh, which I have, I was realizing I'm coming up on 15 years of knowing you. Mm-hmm. I still forget every year whether your birthday is January or February. I know it's the 25th and I still like, I get inside my own head. Like, and I always, I always forget. Anyway, that's September a, 19th. Uh, that is not your birthday. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure of that of all okay. the dates in the calendar. I'm sure that one is not your birthday. Now, why is that date notable? Um, well, let's see. That was uh, the. It's the birthday of Jeremy Irons. It's the birthday of Adam West. Nice. Uh, Twiggy. All uh, right. The model. Yeah. Lots of people born on September nineteenth. Yeah. That's all we do. We don't need to talk about any more of them. Um, 
What was I going to say? The Golden Globes were fun. I will not be watching the Oscars, so you will be doing an Oscar episode. Yeah. Um, uh, just like we do every year. You don't, yeah, listeners, don't panic. There will still be an Oscar wrap-up posted the night of the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it will be sans me. Um, and that's fine. You won't miss me at all. Uh, anyway, so that's that. We also wanted to talk about, speaking of awards, the BPs. Or, Absolutely, as yes. you call them. The BPs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we finally uh, we tallied all the submissions uh, sent in uh, by uh, writers, podcasters, and uh, notable guests uh, of the show. And you can find those at BattleshipPretension.com. Feel free to comment and say what you agree with, what you don't agree with. Uh, we're not totally – we have a pretty good idea of how we're going to roll out, uh, like, the winners um, and and all that. Uh, that will be next month, so keep an eye out for it. In the meantime, just go to BattleshipRetention.com, and uh, you can search for the BPs. It's in the categories, a uh, little uh, drop-down menu, mm-hmm. and uh, give it a look. I'm very proud of uh, – of our of our list in many ways it, it doesn't differ too much than other uh awards and, and that sort of thing but it does in a couple notable categories and so yeah. it's very exciting yeah it's certainly better than the oscars oh no question about that the oscar nominations were announced today we won't be talking about them right because we're going to be doing uh our yearly episode with uh chris mancini and graham elwood um normally i go the other way normally i go alphabetical yeah i'm not sure why i put I Maybe mean, I decided to go alphabetical by first name this Fair time. Fair enough. Uh, Switching it up, 2014. Anyway, we'll be doing... They couldn't They couldn't make the schedule work to do it the, the week the Oscars come out, or the Oscar nominations come out like usual, so we're doing it next week, and we'll, we'll, we will really dig in to figuring out what exactly Alone Yet Not Alone is. Yeah, um, it's... Uh, you, you gave me some... some <laughs> Hints about Juicy it. morsels? Yeah, it's very, it's very exciting. It's <laughs> yeah. all very sorted. Um, <laughs> um, and I will say, also, speaking of uh, end-of-year things, uh, along with uh, the BPs, or BPs, um, we are still going to uh, do the Battleship Retention uh, Top 10 of the Year, uh-huh. in which eight of our writers, and then you and I, uh, are putting together our personal Top 10s, uh, assigning point values, and that sort of thing, and then uh, we'll be revealing that right around the time of, of the Oscars. But uh, every Friday, you can see uh, a new writer's top ten. Right now, by the time this episode uh, airs, you can find Scott Nye's top ten and Josh Long's top ten. And so uh, so uh, check every Friday for another top ten. And I will say this, just based on the two lists that are already in, based on what I know about David's, what I know about mine, uh, this is going to be a very... Uh, disparate year. Um, lots of different options. That's kind of how I feel. I mean, we'll talk more about how I feel about the year in film, but uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. 2013 was not um, a, as solid a year. Like, I, I still hold that 2011 was uh, maybe, the, I mean, I, okay, obviously 20, 2007 was a fantastic year. Yeah. But um, uh, since we've been doing, like, the podcast, I guess, yeah, 2007 was within the podcast. Um, 2011 is the, was the best year since 2007, I think. 2012 ended up being strong in a weird, in, in its own sort of idiosyncratic way. Yeah. This year feels, felt, 2013 felt very scattered. Scattered is a good way of, of phrasing it. There's there's a couple movies that I really loved, but really maybe only, really only two or three. Yeah. A lot that I really liked, but... Yeah, and there, yeah, there was... Um, 
I remember in to keep going back to 2011 uh, and to the aforementioned Scott Nye, who agrees with me that that was a great year. Uh, he commented that his his 11 through 20 could have been his top 10 in a different year. Yeah, uh, and I kind of agree with that. Whereas 2013, there are things eight, nine, ten on my list. Like I don't feel as strongly about it as I yeah uh, uh, in the past years. Anyway, that's that's not that's not the point. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Josh Long. He's here, but we're not going to get to him yet <laughs> because <laughs> normally when we have a guest, we don't do a bunch of top of the show stuff. But this is Josh. He's a part of the family. You know, he can be. Uh, he's yeah. kind of that cousin he, that you don't call. He's giving me a dirty look here. I don't know why. You could talk now. I, I didn't know if I was allowed to talk yet. That was the thing. You, yeah. you, had, you didn't say something to specifically introduce me. Just mention that I was here. I could yeah. have been off I'm the corner. I'm going to get back to you okay. later. But did you have something to say about something I said? I might have, but I forgot what it was. Okay. All right. That's I said the we Josh Long we all know and love. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so I'll just be over that's in the corner a little here, tease. You guys. You'll get a here. bunch more of that real soon. <laughs> but we wanted to talk about, uh, and I don't know how to talk about it, but we wanted to talk about the thing that happened just yesterday as of this recording a few days ago as of time the episode is posted uh but our good friend uh, of the show uh amy nicholson wrote a review of peter berg's lone survivor mm-hmm. that um got picked up by i guess got noticed by glenn beck and a couple Be- other a couple other outlets okay so you're yeah you're more uh in, in that uh, world <laughs> i guess but uh, uh i think you're more than i am we're already getting off topic um willing to follow something that uh aggravates you down the rabbit hole whereas i tend to say i got it i don't want to deal with any more of that yeah you know i think that's a difference in our in our personality it depends on what it depends on what that thing is if it's something that very much kind of falls into my uh i'm not gonna say wheelhouse i don't like that Uh, it lands in my backyard let's put it that way in some way shape or form i will pursue it usually um yeah, and then and so uh, Glenn Beck put out a challenge to Amy to come and read her review to Marcus Luttrell in person, um, and Tyler's already making funny because it's not like uh, I feel two ways about it. On the one hand, I feel like laughing about it because it's so stupid, but also it resulted in a lot of idiots being really, really mean to amy and in a way that it's it's very difficult to laugh about someone who uh you know does what what we do and does more of what we do because she does it professionally and and is you know uh you know she's a writer for the she's a village voice writer uh which is something that is particularly important to me i don't know if the village voice is something that but like and that's that's one of my main ones yeah the village voice uh and so it, it, it she's she's a she's one of the like uh you know on 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 the on the on the front line on the avant-garde she's one of the uh current young standard bearers for the form of criticism which is something that we believe in mm-hmm. um and uh so uh, I, in a way I, again i don't want to make this about me cuz people were really awful to amy and specifically to amy in ways that uh, I found very appallingly uh, sexist, um, but uh, in a way, what Glenn Beck did is an attack on the the, the practice of film criticism. Boy, 
You have no idea. <laughs> man, oh, man. So, yeah, uh, listeners know I'm a politically conservative. And uh, when you are a film fan who is both conservative and a Christian, uh, that means you're going to be angry a lot of the time. Because uh, sh- just right on the heels of uh, uh, an article on uh, gospelcoalition.com that talked about uh, Wolf of Wall Street that I uh, stupidly chose to weigh in on uh, <laughs> and did not turn off notifications for responses, by the way, until way too late. Um, right on the heels of that, this came along. And yes, it's not, it's not merely that it's somebody I know. And, and somebody that I care about and get along with. You know, Amy's a is a good friend of the show. She and I went and saw, well, not together, but we yeah, happened yeah. we happened to both uh, be at the screening for 12 Years a Slave, uh-huh. which is a movie I don't particularly love, and neither did she. And so we talked at length about it afterwards. And she talked, to, and she, you know, she knows when shit's coming. Uh-huh. And her whole thing was like, I feel like I can't even say 12 Years a Slave is bad because then people are going to say... They're not going to say I'm racist, but they're going to say like, well, hey, hey, come on now, you know. And so so she knows how this how this goes. Mm-hmm. But like. So but it's not merely that it's a friend, but it's also just it's so infuriating uh, because there is no rule as a political conservative. There is no rule that says we have to hate academic or abstract thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to be suspicious of that. I do understand, like, certain people like Thomas Sowell talk about, like, the intellectuals, and intellectuals are sometimes prone to, like, overstepping uh, themselves and saying, like, well, I know how everything works. Like, well, abstract is different than practical. I get that. But when we're talking about film criticism, it is abstract, really. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's entitled to their opinion. What it what it comes down to is it's based on a true story. So when it's based on a true story, people who are, I'm going to use the term uh, undiscerning, mm-hmm. they will think that by trashing the film, which I haven't seen, I haven't seen Lone Survivor. It's not great. It's not great, but it's you know what? It's not awful. I, don't, I think I liked it more than Amy did, but it's not. Yeah. It's not and great. you know who loved it? Who? Friend of the show, Pat Healy. He uh, loved it more uh, than anybody else I know. Mm-hmm. And I would venture to say politically, he is probably not in line with Glenn Beck. Right. Off the top of my head, I would just say that's probably true. Um, but that's the thing. So like, so I haven't seen the film, but anytime you bash a movie that's based on a true story, there'll be people that are politically in, not even politically, but just personally uh, in favor of that story. They like the nature of that story. And so they cannot separate the two. Um, I remember over at more than one lesson, Josh and I, uh, were talking about eat, pray, love. And one thing that I wanted to say early on, just in case was I am bashing the movie. Mm-hmm. Now this movie is based on a book written by this woman. Mm-hmm. It's entirely possible that if I were to meet her, if I were to read her book, I, I may not like her, but I don't know. The only thing I have to go on is the movie and yep. based on the movie, I hate her. You know, <laughs> right. I hate this character in the film. Yeah. And, and it so is, it is a, a character in a film. It exactly. Be based on a true, on a real person, but it's a character yeah. in a film. And uh, so they, and it just bothers me so much that people that I ostensibly would agree with and so many other things, like they just, and the way they all just rally around this thing. And I've never been a fan of, of Glenn Beck. I honestly, I feel like 
you're going to think I'm exaggerating. I don't think I had thought about Glenn Beck for like three years. Well, he because he, he it's been about three years since he's been off Fox News, and I think right. I kind of I didn't know what the Blaze was or anything. Like I knew he was on some other uh, network. Is it a TV network or is it an online network? I think it's online okay. primarily, but I don't know. Um, anyway, so I th- that kind of took me by surprise. I also um, I'll say this because I made this joke on Twitter and didn't get the response I liked. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm surprised that more of Glenn Beck's followers weren't upset to find out that he reads the Village Voice. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't want to. Yeah, we don't want to go down yeah. this rabbit hole. We just wanted to mention. Basically, what I want to say um, uh, is, well, first off, I want to say as uh, reviews of true story things. Have you read Amy's review of Saving Mr. Banks? Yes, it's amazing. I haven't seen the movie. It's one of the best reviews. Yeah, I we have reviews at the end of the year. It would be on my top ten reviews of the year. It's a very good review. I don't agree with her, incidentally, uh-huh. but it's a well written review and it's a thoughtful review. Admittedly, Amy can be a little, for lack of a better term, snarky at times. It's part of who she is, mm-hmm. and it's part of her voice. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and I think some people, when telling, you know, when you're talking about a true story and it has to do with the military or whatever, something like that, they're like, they're like, oh, how dare this person adopt this tone? It's like, she's talking about the film. Yeah. And that, and the tone doesn't necessarily mean that what she's saying is not thoughtful. She's a very thoughtful critic. And it's yeah. just, so, uh, but what, sorry, what I want to talk about is not, you know, we hope to have Amy back on the podcast. She's very busy. Uh, but uh, we hope to have her back. Well, I didn't want this to be about Amy in particular. And I don't want anyone to read it and think it's about Amy in particular or about Glenn Beck in particular. Uh, if you are a fan of analytical thinking of film and uh, think that people should be allowed to criticize films and actually, if you believe that we do, that film criticism uh, and art criticism in general is important, then you should be a little upset by this. This shouldn't be just something you point and say, Oh, you know, look at this like crazy Glenn Beck thing that's happening. Uh, he's picking another fight or whatever. Like this, if you listen to the show, this should hit a little close to home with you. Well, that's and, why I wanted to bring it up. And as I was reading comments, try to guess how often I read that fucking t- uh, Teddy Roosevelt quote about uh, it's not the critic that matters. Um, I don't know that quote. Oh, it's an interesting quote, and it's one that people throw out any time a critic uh, doesn't like something that they do. Oddly enough, they never throw it out when a critic likes something they like. Uh-huh. Um, they throw that out and they throw out that notable quote from a movie I love, Ratatouille, uh-huh. in which the film critic, uh, so, uh, the restaurant critic character uh, is very honest about like, well, it's not the critic's opinion that matters very much, which I agree that it's the art that matters more. Uh-huh. But people always cut it off when he talks about how much a critic risks of his mm-hmm. personal reputation when he puts his opinion out there. They always leave that part of the quote off. Um, What's the Teddy Roosevelt quote real quick? I don't have it right, in front see. of me, but it's basically he's essentially saying it's not the critic that matters. It's it's not the guy who watches the race. It's the guy who runs the race and blah, blah, blah. So it's a very good, interesting okay. quote. And it's the kind of thing that can inspire you. But people only ever use it when a critic says something they don't like. Yeah. And the thing that always gets me is a critic doesn't. Ha- it's like you never say it. I, as I said flippantly a moment ago, you never say that when a critic says something that you agree with. Uh-huh. They have no more – in theory, yeah. they have no more credibility just because they like something you like. So now you're bringing personal bias into and your what, opinion of the critic. I, I know this is this is overstating the case, but would these people who say would, – would, would the creators of art really prefer that they just make the art and everyone look at it and go, huh, and then move on? Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, that's, that's not uh, – that, that would be uh, – that's not what art is supposed to do. Anyway, um, that's not the point. Uh, anything else? 
I uh, think we're done here. I think I think okay. we're done. Yes. Let's move on to our. Uh, I want you to uh, at home um, to uh, have your tweaked tweakedaudio.com slash pretension earbuds in nice and snug and tight. Uh, if you don't know, tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of styles and colors. And if you go to tweakedaudio.com slash pretension, you get that at one third off, and you don't have to pay the shipping. We no. also have yes. another sponsor, but before we do that, oh. first off, I would like to thank Kale McCann for yes. being on. That is, there are a number of people we need to thank. David, go ahead. Uh, and one of them is still in my car. Uh, I will get it. But we want to thank um, our uh, for some Christmas ketchup. Yeah, and I'll do the next one next week. Christ- can... Christmas ketchup is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> it's red and green. Um, <laughs> uh, do you remember that when there was a the was it? Uh, I can't remember who made that. Like. It was like for kids. It was like purple ketchup. It was just regular ketchup with purple food dye. That sounds terrible. I never tried it. It looked horrible. Anyway, um, so we want to thank our friend Kate Kolzik for sending us cookies. Yeah. We want to friend thank our friend Sarah Brinks for sending us all kinds of uh, all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, including pickled onion cr- uh, chips um, from I guess they were from uh, from England or something somewhere like that. Um, <laughs> Why did you say it like that? It's a best show reference. Oh, okay. Um, uh, those things tend to warm your way, warm their way into your head, and you forget. Like the one time I don't know if you were on the podcast, I said Holly Weird. No, I said Weirdo Wood instead of Holly Weird, <laughs> without even thinking about it, because yeah. it's a best show thing, and I don't even. Anyway, it's very clever. Um, uh, anyway, I want to thank Sarah, and then I will try to find. I, I, I not try to find. I know I have it. The guy's name who sent us toys. He mm-hmm. sent you a Riddler. Fixed, uh, figure and he sent me a little uh magnifying glass with like a light on it and that that fits into like a it's essentially like credit card sized this little thing it's awesome yeah um and i have his name it's in the car and i keep forgetting to bring it up to thank people thanks for the riddler guy yeah all right uh i wanted to put that as i was thinking of it because we've been meaning to say that every, for every week we've said weeks. let's remember to uh thank these people okay but we do have business to get to before we get to the episode and welcome in the we actually do have a guest uh who might have actually had an opinion about that amy thing but i know that uh it, w- it would have been the whole episode yeah yeah we don't want so okay hit exclamation point yeah is back with a brand new Kickstarter campaign to finance issue two, which picks up right where the first issue left off. Hitman Connor Connolly is stranded in Hot Springs, Arkansas, with two bullets in his body and no idea how things went so wrong. Now, <laughs> David, yeah, listen to this. Uh-huh. There are a number of rewards packages, including I'm Josh. That's right. Including what are you a guys, couple. What are you guys doing? What's going on over here? <laughs> just not paying attention at all. That's fine. Let's get back to the ad. Uh, just including yeah. a couple of battleship pretension themed reward packages oh, oh, for their Kickstarter. The first is the "Let's Get Into It, Shall We?" package, uh, which kicks in at a pledge of fifteen dollars or more, and for that you get a copy of uh, the comic book as well as our premium episode, which features Bill Dwyer. It's fun. A lot of fun. Fun. Now. That's one package. The other is the Welcome Aboard package. For a mere $50 pledge, or more, of course, you get physical copies of all three of the Gentleman Baby Comics uh, comic books. That's two hit issues of hit, and one, I do not have it in front of me. I'm sorry. Uh, But, uh, and I had it written down in... I forgot to email it to myself. Sorry about that. Uh, But you you get copies of all those. You get your name in the back of the book. You get 
the premium episode, you also get your choice of Battleship Pretension t-shirts. You get a Welcome Aboard shirt. You get a Let's Get Into It, Shall We shirt. You could get, uh, uh, you'll get yours Gambin shirt. Lots of options, David. That's awesome. Uh, so, you can check out the Kickstarter by, by clicking on the ad at BattleshipPretension.com. You can also find out more at GentlemanBabyComics.com. Okay. Um, now, speaking of getting into it, uh, let's introduce our guest. All His right. name is Josh Long. Uh, you know him. He's been on the show a billion times. Well, hey, everybody. That, that's our show. Thanks for hanging around. It was, uh, it was a good time. Well, you were researching the topic, which is good, because I, I was. have done zero research on this topic. <laughs> I am playing the role of moderator today. Oh, good. Um, let's get into it, shall we? All right. You guys cooked up this little topic. Uh, it was mostly me. It was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just along for the ride. So why, why don't you... Well, then, Tyler, why don't you introduce what the topic is? Well, I will, David, if it's any business of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, so over more than one lesson, uh, we just finished our mini-sode series on our top tens. Sure did. So we're going to, but we're going to, we like doing mini-sodes, so we're going to start up a new series. It's going to last us a while. Uh, and yeah. it is called The Best of Pictures. Now, a little bit of history there. Uh, when I first started the website, more than one lesson, back when I hosted the show by myself, uh, I still recruited our friend Josh Long to... Uh, blog about the various movies that have won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Because he, uh, unlike I think anybody else I know, has seen every Best Picture winner. And so uh, so we called that the Best of Pictures. And uh, wanting to do uh, wanting to keep the minisodes going, we decided to do that because it's a lot of fun uh, to talk about what has won Best Picture. Sometimes it's a movie you do not think should have won, but it, all, it always winds up being a, a fun little snapshot of the time and what was what was valued like uh, at the time. So, yeah. um, so that's the, that's the idea. And I thought, well, it's Oscar season now let's bring Josh on to talk about, uh, what, okay. Infinitely more fun than talking about, Hey, the Oscars got something right. Uh-huh. It's talking about when the Oscars get something very wrong because it's more fun to complain yeah. than anything really. Gets a lot more listeners, I'll yeah, say that. Sure does. And also, there's a lot more fodder there, because they get more things <laughs> wrong than right, in my opinion. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, that's you know all what? subjective. It is subjective, yes. Uh, uh, well, I mean, when, some of these are, are can be, I think, scientifically proven to be incorrect. But I'm saying, <laughs> if I were a 65-year-old white male, I might agree with their choices more often. Maybe. Uh, but um, So once you're 65, you're going to love the Oscars. I guess so, because I will have yeah aged. I will have aged into the Oscars. Uh, <laughs> but by that time, it's an old be, man's game. It will be ta- taken over by you know a bunch of young punks. Yeah. No, the young punks will who want to give you know three six mafia every uh, every Oscar there is. <laughs> three six mafia will be like so like old, <laughs> like <laughs> that would be like Harry James or like Glenn Miller. <laughs> I, can't, mafia. <laughs> I can't wait until there are people our age that are sitting around on their porch being like, "Remember the three six mafia? Yeah. They were great." Um. So. So here's the thing: is as I uh, started doing research into this topic. Uh, for my, you know, just just for myself and my own notes, I started with last year and started working my way backwards. We we would not talk about this year's nominees because we're going to be talking about that next week. Yeah, um, I feel like my hands are tied. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got so much to say. That's not actually true. I have I have very little to say about the current nominations. If it comes up, though, I'll hold my I'll hold my tongue. Well, I'll try to make sure it doesn't. Um, but yeah, so uh, so 
I went through year by year looking at what won and what was nominated in, yes, that's right, every category. Uh, I did this while I probably should have been working today, but didn't. <laughs> and, um, and I just noted in like things that were not nominated that maybe should have been, but also – just, and that's just based on my own memory. But then also things that won and I think shouldn't have based on the other nominees. Um, and I just went year by year. There are some years that I felt no particular passion one way or another, so I would skip those. Uh, and I made it all the way back to 1970. Uh, I did not get any further back than that, though I'm sure there are... I never saw How Green Was My Valley. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's very good. I'm sure I'm, I would still be bothered that Citizen Kane lost to it. Yeah. Um, just off the top of my head, I just I keep saying off the top of my head, just uh, flying by the seat of my pants. Whenever I hear that title, I think of like Johnny Carson saying, my valley was so green. And the audience <laughs> saying, how, how green, green was your it? valley? <laughs> I wish I could do a Johnny Carson impression. <laughs> anyway. But uh, so, okay. So I'm not sure. And then Josh, there's a, you know, there's a reason that I brought him in. Not merely so that we could uh, plug our other podcast that nobody's listening to, or the dashing good looks. You've got you've got uh, a face for radio. Oh, that's unfortunately, this is a podcast, oh. so it's not even it's not even my face is not welcome here. No, it is not. Uh, we'd like to put you behind uh, some kind of screen or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm not quite sure what our format's going to be. It, we probably shouldn't go year by year. No, no. Mm-hmm. We Maybe should, we'll just, jump around. We, yeah, yeah. We jump know. around, and then when I decide you guys have talked enough, <laughs> we will shut it down. It's just going to blow a whistle. <laughs> David, you always say anytime there's – and you and I both do this. Sometimes there will be a topic, and one person will be like, you know what? I'm going to let you take the lead on this yeah. one. We often say that. And then the person who decides they're going to be passive, we that person, sometimes it's you, sometimes me, yep. talks just as much, yep. if not more so – so you say you're going to play yeah. moderator. That's going to last, I'm going to say, seven minutes. Yeah, because that's, that's the thing. That's why we have been doing a podcast for uh, uh, almost seven years. 52 years. Um, uh, is because you and I, with enough of a running start, can bloviate about anything. <laughs> yeah, one can make the argument that's why we have a podcast at all. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so let me throw this out there. Given this topic... And I threw it out to, jo- we'll start with Josh. Josh, right. I said, Oscar mistakes. What's the first thing that popped into your head? It's the English patient. Okay. That's which, I now, I, I've i already complained about the English patient on this show. Oh, did we, you go back and listen and uh, checked? I'm not positive, but I'm, if we talked about movies we hate, and I yeah. can't imagine I didn't talk about the English patient. Because uh, it's, it's, it's just an all-around, that's one of those movies that, I don't understand how it would even be in the consideration for for the Oscars. Like if you if you knew what it was about, maybe you'd nominate it for an Oscar, but if you've seen it, there's no way. I don't understand. Like <laughs> if you heard like, "Oh, it's a, you know, it's a story about uh, you know, the war in Italy and there's a love story." And you're like, oh, "Okay, that all sounds good." And then you watch the movie and it's <laughs> I think it's awful. Uh from I don't know, from head to feet. An awful movie. From go to woe. From go to woe. <laughs> Soup to nuts. Um, and even even more so, I get angry about it knowing that Fargo was nominated that year, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. A, a much, much better movie. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, not only Fargo, but also Secrets and Lies, which I think is a yeah. wonderful film. Shine, which I think is a 
fairly good movie. Um, and then uh, Jerry Maguire, which is also a very good movie. Yeah, I like um, movie a lot. But uh, I'm not even crazy about Jerry Maguire, but over over uh, English oh, sure. Patient, yeah. I yeah. haven't seen. Yeah. I, I saw English Patient when I was probably, I was probably young enough to go. Well, this one, so it must be good. Yeah, because I was probably in middle school. I guess at the beginning of high school well, when, it, I, when I saw it, I, I, I didn't know any better because I think I thought it was good, but I don't know. Because I've seen it twice. The first time I saw it was when I was going through all of them, and I didn't really like it very much. But I, I maybe did what you did and thought, yeah. well, you know, maybe I just don't, you know, it won. People liked it for some reason. I'll, you know, just take their word for it. And then when I was going back to write on it for more than one lesson, I was like, I should watch that movie again and give it another chance. Uh-huh. And now I hate it. <laughs> so Do you know what I that remember says something about when it. I, when I think of that movie, the first thing I remember is that Naveen Andrews from Lost is in it. Yeah. Mm. And he's pretty good, actually, I think. And I remember, <laughs> you know, what? He doesn't I do think that Julia much. Binoche is also very I don't good. know why he's in it. The character, I mean. Oh, fair enough, yeah. I, I don't know why most of the characters are in that movie. <laughs> well, uh... There's... Ah, ah, Willem Dafoe is this weird, like, filler no character. Got he, no thumbs. Well, he pops in and just throws in this, like, kind of conflict, and then just goes away, and nothing ever really gets resolved. It's why is he even there? He's probably in the book, and maybe more happens in the book. I don't know, but... I think Anthony Minghella has made some real crap. And he's yeah. also made some really some, good stuff. Yeah, he made Talented Mr. Ripley, which is a wonderful, amazing huh. film. It really is. I forgot that that was him. He did Cold Mountain also, which I don't like. Yeah, we'll I get to 2000. We'll get to Cold Mountain in a minute. <laughs> okay. okay. Did it win Best Picture? No, no. but Renee Zellweger won Best Supporting Actress. Again, and you know over what? Whom? That's right. We'll jump into that yeah. uh, real yeah. quick. Well, then because... you guys have to ask me what was the first thing that came to my mind. Okay. Oh, yeah. But let's talk about Cold Mountain first. Okay. Uh, this is not the first thing, but uh, we've stumbled into it as a function of cold mountain uh yeah renee zellweger we mean the first thing we said we were going to jump around okay fair enough there's no order of things who sings that song it's killing me uh, oh, house of pain yes house of pain um but uh yeah so renee zellweger won supporting actress for cold mountain she won against patricia clarkson for pieces of april which is a great performance yeah, in a, in a, a really, not not a very good movie yeah not there's mm-hmm. cold mountain uh, I would Mar- say Cold. I really didn't like Pieces of April. I would say Cold Mountain is a better movie than Pieces of April. <laughs> it's at least more fun to look at. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I agree, and I think it's actually really well put together. Um, Marsha Gay Har- Marsha Gay Harden for uh, Mystic River. I okay. thought she was pretty great. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I would say most notably, I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation, Shoy Agdishlu from oh, right. House yeah, of yeah. Sand and Fog. Uh, wait, who who, I think you're, is, leaving, you're leaving one off though. Yeah, I don't remember. I wrote down the ones that I think are better. Oh, come better. on. That's like... That's Wait, what so year? unsatisfying. That's what year was that? Three. Oh, I mean... So... <laughs> that is... Well, let's... I, I might be able to actually piece it together. 2003. Okay, 2003. We can't do this. We can't do that. All right. Well, uh, you got to look it up. I wrote down the stuff that I think is better. You can't do that. Like, that's going to that's gonna drive us... That's going to drive... I'm the, the listener surrogate here. It's going to drive people crazy. If it doesn't drive me crazy, I feel like there are two of us. Josh is here too, but I feel like you and I both know the listener. Does it drive you crazy, Josh, that he just named four of the five nominees? I, I kind of want to know what the other one was. And I, I have this, the listeners can't see this, but right, I, have a, okay. I have a huge book here that's like all of the winners and everything and nominees from the beginning, but it only goes through 2001 because I've had it since 2002 or whatever. Okay. Oh, so okay. there's a bunch that I have um, printed up or literally written down. One of these apparently the uh the winners but i don't it doesn't look like i have 2003 <clears throat> okay um 
Well, I, you know, it's funny. The reason I, that I really want to know the other person is because this gets to my point of about the Oscars uh, never really getting it right. Because um, of the other people you named, it's like, yeah, I was all ready to be incensed that Renee Zellweger won. But none of those other people are really, like, lighting it on fire for me uh, compared to that. I think it's unfortunate that I am not great at saying her name. I think Shuri Agdishlu well, I think is ast- is astounding in that film. I think it's the it's a thing where this goes back to a couple weeks ago of me talking about like maybe not appreciating performances enough. I don't think House of Sand and Fog is that great a movie, and so I don't think that uh, I don't think as much of her performance in it because because as you do because of that. But that's the thing is like at the moment we are talking about performances and her performance and Ben Kingsley's. Uh, are by far the best part of the film, uh, no question about it. Um, and uh, and I think what gets me is uh, a trend that the Oscars has when it comes to performers is a, almost especially when it's like, ooh, a lead has decided to be supporting. This is very exciting. Mm. And so it's how you get, don't get me wrong, I think George Clooney is very good in Syriana, but it's how he wins an Oscar for Syriana. Um, it's... And he grew a beard, shaved his hairline back, and gained some weight. So there's that too. Mm. But I think I think the Oscars look for the opportunity. Sometimes, not always, look for the opportunity to give Oscars to people they like. Mm. And it's like, oh, Renee Zellweger supporting performance, hamming it up in a way that is not believable. <laughs> but I don't <laughs> care. The first two negate the third thing. Um, and so I feel like it's. It's a con- that is, I think, one of the best examples of that uh, tendency that the Oscars have that I do not like. So uh, the fifth person, in keeping with my my theory that these are all like this is a thin field, it was Holly Hunter in Thirteen. Oh, which I didn't see. Uh, uh, I didn't see that either. It's a glorified lifetime movie. It's, oh, okay. It's is she good in it? Poorly put together. Yeah, she's pretty good in it. She's not in it that much. Okay. It's in my, you know, she could be in half the fucking thing. I don't remember it that well. Uh, she mom? I don't have a great memory for movies that I don't, uh, didn't like. What are you asking? She the mom in that? Yeah, she's yeah. The, the one mom. Um, okay, so w- while sticking with acting, this will get me into, okay, because uh, I wanted to answer the question, What was when you mentioned the topic, what was the first thing that came to mind okay. um, about mistakes? Well, uh, to be honest, the first thing that came to mind was Crash, but that's kind of a... Uh, a given um i would say beyond that the first thing within my like lifetime of actually paying attention to the oscars uh and actually you know caring enough um i would say um jack nicholson winning for as good as it gets that was one of the biggest it's ridiculous it's horseshit yeah it's like he's good and he's fun yeah he's but fine but that's it's that's the, it, i believe the character but who but I, you know and i enjoy the spending time with the character but from a from a an achievement standpoint mm-hmm. you watch Yuli's gold you see peter sure. fonda in there you see of course my favorite robert duvall in the apostle but then also like matt damon's doing great work in goodwill hunting and dustin hoffman is loads of fun in wag the dog hmm like all great, like those four are great performances. Are those, and Nicholson, did you just name all four of them? Yeah, that's one I happen to have oh, committed to. I was, gonna, I was looking it up. But. Yeah, and so um, like all of them deserved it more than he did. And I will say, I don't think he even deserved to be nominated. It's a fun performance, but it's nothing he hasn't done a million times before. I'm not saying Nicholson's a bad actor. About Schmidt, he's wonderful. I think he's great in the Pledge. He's great in Ironweed. Like 
And you, oddly enough, let's see. Do you think that could be? Oh, I was just going to say, do you think that could be one of those things, kind of like where you were, t- what you were talking about, where they have a character not doing what they usually do, like? Sometimes they like to see an actor who has been a young leading man for a long time show up and be like a less virile old man. And that seems brave somehow to the Academy. I mean, is it that sort of thing you think? Maybe, but he's still being very much Jack. Yeah. He have, um, this is my Oscar ignorance. Did he have Oscars before? Uh, yeah, he had two. Yeah. Okay. For One for the Cuckoo's Nest, which takes us into 1975. Well, real quick, I want to mention. In terms of endearment. Before we leave one, right? that, that list of act- actors from 97. Um, another thing that's ridiculous uh, that you, uh, you and I have talked on the show before about supporting actors being nominated as leads and vice versa. Dustin Hoffman is not the lead of Wag the Dog. Uh, I'm trying to think in terms of arc. Uh, does he have... But he, I guess, I mean, I, yeah, I think his character does have a bit of an arc, but in a way that we're always looking at him from other characters' points of view, and I think that... Yeah, if there's a lead, it's Anne Hage. Um, uh, that's actually who I was going to think of. Yeah. Who I was thinking of, too, was Anne Hage hmm. as the lead of that yeah. movie. But that's the thing is, okay, Dustin Hoffman is also not the lead in Rain Man at all. Was he nominated for lead? He but, won Okay, for Rain Man. Um, that's not a very good movie, Rain Man. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're talking about 1988? Yeah. Well, I agree with you. You had something else you wanted to talk about, but... Uh, okay, well, I'm going to jump well, to... I think the, I think the 80s in general are a little weak. In, the 70, in 1970, was it? 75. 75. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what were you going to say? I just said the 80s in general are kind of weak when it comes to It really is. Now, I mean, you've, you're seen, throw... you've seen all these best pictures. I yeah, haven't seen, seen all of them. Out of Africa. I haven't seen I've Last seen Emperor, that. which I think I would enjoy still. But um, it's just, I haven't seen Chariots of Fire. Yeah. So I, and I don't last emperor maybe but like i don't feel much of an urge to see a lot of these big 80s movies i i don't think i don't think i have rewatched any of them any of the ones from the 80s terms of endearment's pretty damn good platoon's good too yeah of of all of them i think platoon might be the best one in my opinion yeah but, uh, when i when i think through them yeah there's a lot g- of like gandhi I mean, I can, that's the thing. I mean, Gandhi's fine. My... Well, some I know some people who love that movie, but it's ordinary people. Chariots of Fire, Gandhi, Terms of Endearment, Amadeus, Out of Africa, uh, Platoon, Last Emperor, Rain Man, Driving Miss Daisy. Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah, yeah, and it's it feels like the eighties, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, Amadeus is great. Amadeus is a very Amadeus is a good, good movie, movie. Yeah, but like, okay. but yeah, and sorry, so, I was looking at seventy five because I was going to get pissed off for a second, but I was thinking of the year after. 76, 76 has got some mistakes in it. You were yeah. going to pick, say that Network should have won over Rocky. Okay. That I'm gonna, not, I'll defend Rocky. No, I love it, Network too. Oddly enough, uh, the one problem I have with 76 was something that Network actually won. But, um, <laughs> but no, it's uh, uh, 88. Okay, yeah. So um, the thing I had a problem with, okay, picture, uh, Rain Man I wasn't thrilled with, but um, director specifically, but it's uh, like, I'm sorry. I don't want to keep going back to this. It's almost like Josh's thing with the English patient. Rain man is like, it's really bad. It's really a really corny movie. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it's, I think I had seen it when I was younger and probably like, uh, shouldn't have, like I, my parents were pretty strict and it's rated R. So I probably like mm-hmm. got away with seeing it at some point and mm-hmm. was excited. And then I revisited it like in college and it's, uh, not, I mean, I didn't like see it in a film class during the age that I was in college. I, <laughs> Uh, watched it again and i was like astounded by how how corny it is well and i will say that like the two main performances 
are great. Tom Cruise is great in it. And doesn't often, though not the lead, is also great. Okay. And the dynamic between the two of them is genuinely effective to me. Um, and also, I did have the misfortune of reading the original screenplay. Holy shit. Is it bad? Horrible. Oh, okay. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman and, and Barry Levinson did so many rewrites of it themselves. Uh-huh. Like, you read through it with a general idea of what... Uh, uh, autism is uh-huh. and you realize like this writer seems to have no clue of what it is <laughs> the rain man character is nothing like he winds up uh-huh. uh, how he winds up like there are moments when he's remarkably capable and other others when he's almost like an infant uh-huh. like the, the writer had no idea but of course when it came time for it to win original screenplay incidentally uh over uh fish called wanda and big among other things um hmm. like when it came time for it to win they gave it to that guy who it is it's one of the most incompetent scripts I've ever read, especially when compared to the final uh, the final product. What else did that guy write after that? You know, I do not know. And I do not remember his name. Hmm. But uh, and then, of course, it won director for Barry Levinson, a director I mostly like. But he won over Martin Scorsese for Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Um you got something to say there? Before we leave Rain Man, I do want to mention that it stars Valerina, Valeria Golino, who is one of the most beautiful women to ever uh, grace the screen. And it was probably <laughs> my first, not because of this, more because of the Hot Shots and Pee Wee's uh, uh, Big Top Pee Wee, um, was like the first. This came up on the Paul Global show years ago. Yeah. The idea of like who was the first like adult woman as a kid that you remember like having a crush on. And I think it was probably Val- Valeria Golino. Kim Basinger. Really? Batman. Vicky, <laughs> Vicky Vale, you don't get any better than that. Uh, Except maybe Kim Basinger in LA Confidential. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I like to think of the child who saw that and was like, that's the girl for me. <laughs> but okay, uh, So uh, back to uh, 75. Are we, are, uh, what did you want to say there? Well, okay. Uh, I will stop off at 76 real quick because okay. we thought I was going to say uh, Network over Rocky. Rocky's a wonderful film. Anybody that craps on it is incorrect. It hasn't seen Go it. Ba- yeah, probably hasn't seen it. Yeah. I'll say that. That's they might have seen the sequels, and they um, think they know it. I know that sometimes I get accused of re- repeating myself, but we don't always have the same listeners uh, every, um, every every week. So uh, three of the biggest surprises that shouldn't have been surprises for me when I found out they were good movies are Rocky, uh, Saturday Night Fever, and Planet of the Apes. Mm. Because I mm. think they all have this sort of like jokiness around... Uh, uh, around their place in the culture because yeah. because of the time and uh, in Rocky's case because of the sequels and probably like that. Planet of the Apes because of the sequels yeah, too, probably because of the sequels uh, and um, Saturday Night Fever because of disco and Airplane uh, um, Airplane makes fun <laughs> of it quite a bit yeah uh, but um, all three of those are really amazing amazing mm-hmm. movies I don't know the thing I have with 76 is I, I do think Rocky's a good movie and that's one of those ones that did surprise me too when I saw it but for me, I I like Network and Taxi Driver better. But I guess which were both nominated that year. But then again, that's one of those ones that you can't really call it an Oscar mistake necessarily because yeah. they're all good movies. Right, I don't yeah, list it as that. That's when I it gets to be a toss up kind. If of. I had to choose, I would probably choose Taxi Driver over yeah. Rocky as well. But I'm that's where you have to be with the Oscars because, like I said, they never get anything fully right. Mm-hmm. You, like, did they get it to a point where you're okay with <laughs> it's it? It's like they were and almost I, there. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I'm. I'm perfectly okay with rocky winning because it's yeah. a very good movie yeah, yeah i don't i didn't list it as a mistake like there's my own personal preference because uh 
All the President's Men was nominated that year, and I love that. Bound for Glory, which I didn't see, but you saw, yeah. and you really liked it, right? I'm a big fan of Hal Ashby in general. Yeah, and so, but I don't. But what I do say is Beatrice Strait, as wonderful as she is in Network, and she is, she's not as good as, say, Jodie Foster in Taxi Driver or Piper Laurie in Carrie. Hmm. Um, and this goes back to why we created the best cameo character with the BPs is category category. Pardon me. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like Piper Laurie's in it for eight minutes. It's a very powerful eight minutes in network, but compared to Piper Laurie is in, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Beatrice straight. You're giving me all confused. Yeah. Yeah. Beatrice straight in network in it, maybe like eight minutes, very powerful, but no, I mean, Jodie Foster in taxi driver is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. And Piper Laurie is amazing as well in mm-hmm. Carrie. I mean, when you th- especially when it comes to supporting stuff, when I think of like what a supporting performance is supposed to be and all the different things it can be, we we're going to do an episode about this one time, but we never did. Um, all the different things that a supporting performance can be. Beatrice Strait is one of those, but infinitely more vital to the film is like a like a Piper Laurie or a Jodie Foster. But uh, so that was seventy six. I will say seventy five. Okay, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Fine movie. Uh-huh. It's fine. I haven't seen it in a long time. Okay. It's I not liking it a lot. Yeah, it's not Jaws. It's not Nashville. It's not Dog Day Afternoon. And I didn't see Barry Lyndon, but I would venture to say it's not that either. Yeah. Um, well, of those, I know Nashville is your favorite. Yeah. Dog Day Afternoon is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, That's, I saw mm. it fairly recently for the first time, and I think it's amazing. It's one of those – there's a few of them that when you go back uh, – you know, th- for those of us who were born after all these movies have been out, mm-hmm. and we only know about them, having heard about them afterwards. When you go back and you watch all of those movies, you're kind of like, "That was the one, really." Like, <laughs> not not that again, not that it's a bad movie, but it just seems strange. Like, I, I it doesn't seem as iconic to me, or it doesn't seem like as affecting. Yeah, I don't know, and maybe it's just because it had a different effect in 1975. Maybe we can't uh, understand the effect that that had on people versus some of those other movies, or maybe just the fact that the other ones have more of a lasting effect, you know, we, knowing that now, maybe that gives us some kind of more hindsight or something. I, I don't know, but it, it it is weird to look back and see ones like that when there were so many good movies that year. Yeah. Not only did it win, it is one of three movies to win the big five. Yeah. You know, and so it's not merely that it got support. It got tremendous support. Um, and, and that's the thing, this goes back to, you know, one of the reasons why we're going to start the the series over, uh, on the other show is that perhaps it's because one for the cuckoo's nest is all about a character who, who dares to fight conformity to an instant, to an oppressive institution. This came out in 1975, like shortly after Watergate, like the, the idea of being like a nonconformist in the face of a vaguely fascistic uh, authority figure, probably had a great deal of appeal in 1975, and so that maybe has worn off over the years. Not that uh, that uh, theme is something that doesn't resonate, but the way, but it was so. I think it maybe it was so vital at the time that they really wanted to embrace it. Meanwhile, when people talk about the best movies of all time, they're much more likely to talk about any of the other nominees before one flew of the cuckoo's nest, which is still a fine movie. But, um, and then I will say also in 75, I think I said this once on the show many years ago, one of the best actor nominees was James Whitmore for give him hell. Harry. Uh-huh. Do you know about that movie? No. Okay. Here's what it is. 
back in the 70s, there was a short-lived trend where uh, directors or whatever would shoot a stage play uh-huh. and then put that out in theaters. So they shot Give Him Hell Harry with James Whitmore as Harry Truman. It's a one-man show. Um, it's a what? Uh, a one-man one one man show? It's a one-man show. <laughs> yes. It's a women's show? <laughs> right. That's what I said. It's a one-man show starring Harry Truman. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and uh, so they filmed it, put out in theaters. Then they nominated James Whitmore for an Oscar for Best Actor for a performance that is not a screen performance. It's a stage performance. Huh. It bothers me so much. It's a good performance. Uh-huh. She, uh, he should he should have won a Tony. Maybe he did. I don't know. But <laughs> he sure he certainly should not have been nominated for an Oscar. It's that a, bothers me so much. It sounds like give him give him hell Harry should be considered a documentary. Sure, why not? Okay. A very odd documentary, but yeah. It's essentially a concert film. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Same general idea. Um, yeah, would you nominate a concert film for best song? Of course not. <laughs> Well, yeah, because it had to be written for the... Uh, yeah. What if they wrote it for the concert? That's different. So if, still, That's not oh, for, for the, the con- film. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's not for the film. But, but the concert was filmed. I don't think... Maybe they would, knew the concert was going should, to be filmed. Let me, well, they probably oh, do, yes. Academy? Um, I'm calling the Academy to ask... <laughs> See what they say. The bylaws. But no, I don't I think... Got, I got some questions for the Academy. Question, but if a song had never been officially released mm-hmm. before it appeared in a concert documentary would it qualify for original song and did they write it for this concert knowing it was going to be filmed but i wonder if that even matters um, what i'm saying my, my criteria here uh, of the question is if it had never been released before yeah, it, it wasn't available anywhere before it was available on this soundtrack and on the they released a soundtrack album too as well in my, yeah, yeah, in of course. my <laughs> um yeah. uh if it had never been available How did it do on before, the charts in your in your mind <laughs> Middle of success. Fair 30. You got into the, the low 30s oh, that's not um, on, on the billboard. Um, anyway, uh, I wonder if that would qualify. Anyway, I'm I don't know. starting maybe if to they, convince myself that it would. Maybe if they send enough uh, emails to, you know, uh, board of directors and yeah, academy voters. Exactly. That's for next week. That's what happens. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, I that was 75. And I think it's a very it's an interesting uh, an interesting year because it was so definitively for One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest but now, so many years later, that is the last one you think of for that year. Um, I want to talk about that because, uh, well, a couple things um, that I wanted to say. I, I couldn't find a place really to fit this in, but it was thinking about it earlier when you were you were talking. Well, you guys were talking about like looking back at the year. I mean, how often now does your number one film of the year win Best Picture, let alone be nominated? A lot of times, mine aren't even. Last year, mine was. This year, mine isn't. Um, going before that, I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't keep track of I mean, that, that much of what the nominees were. I think No uh, Country for Old Men might have been my favorite movie that year. I think There Will Be Blood was mine, and that was nominated, right? Yeah. Yes, it was. Picture. Yeah. Um, but, like, 2011, I think mine was Take Shelter, and that was not nominated yeah. for Best Picture. Uh, 2010, my- I have no clue what 2010 was. 2000 Was Rachel Getting Married nominated for Best Picture? No. Yeah, that's my favorite movie of 2008. Uh, so I think that's, like... That's what I keep coming back to this idea that you kind of have to take all of this with a grain of salt because the Oscars are yeah. the best movies that this demographic saw and liked and got enough uh, marketing push behind them right to get nominated. 
Yeah, that's the that's the big thing now is the the marketing push because a yeah. lot of there's so many great small films and just because a movie right. has more money obviously doesn't mean it's a better movie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think my favorite movie of last year did not get any nominations in any category. And, what was uh, it? Should I should I spoil that? Or is my is my list up already? By the time this airs, yeah. Yes, okay, yes. My favorite movie of the year was Francis Ha. Yeah. And I got but you know what? nothing at you all. got some support with the BPs. <laughs> it did. It was good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, the only award show that really matters. It's not so much a show. Yeah. <laughs> it will be an episode. It will a, be, yes. A bonus episode. Yes. It's a uh, show of support for exactly can, uh, such films as Francis Ha. <laughs> um, but you were talking about uh, not being the expected film. Can I talk about a year that I think, in retrospect, and maybe at the time it seemed weird, although I feel like by the time... Oscar nominations come out. So many other stuff has happened that there's a certain feeling of inevitability. So mm-hmm. even stuff that might be a surprise looking at it now didn't feel like a surprise then. But the year of, uh, is it 91? Um, the Sansa Lambs won? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And also that's when Beauty and the Beast was nominated for Best Picture, which yeah. is the last time, right, that an animated film was nominated for Best Picture? When there were five nominees. Um, Since then, up Toy Story 3. Oh really? That I yeah. thought. I, I guess I was thinking when they added the animated thing, it sort of took votes away. But it probably did. But then okay. when they expanded the best picture oh, category, good for them. Partially in response to I mean, Wall- I like Wally not being nominated the year before, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't like Wally that much. Uh, You're incorrect. But Sound of Slams, Beauty and the Beast. It's weird. JFK is a weird movie. Like, that's a movie that, like, on paper, seems like oh, it's this, you know. Uh, this this epic historical thing that seems mm. like a best picture but it's a if you watch the movie it's a weird movie. conspiracy theory movie uh, yeah it's yeah. a very odd movie but at the time Prince there was of tides no one's seen Prince of tides i saw it i haven't seen it it's not that it's not that good <laughs> uh, and bugsy which is also a movie that is like jfk not what it seems uh in a good way or bad way in a good way okay i think uh and maybe this is because i tend to find the comedy in things i find bugsy to be much more of a comedy than you would think it, then it was probably marketed as yeah it's marketed uh, as like a gangster love story it is quite funny but it is mostly a gangster love story as well yeah uh but the silence of the lambs won and again you and i uh, the people here are young enough that that's sort of been you know it's been a fact for long enough that that was the best picture winner and i think was it one of the t- big five winners that you yep. were talking about that's probably what made me think of it um that we just sort of take it for granted but it is like it's a sort of pulpy torrid seedy yeah. genre movie the kind that i people like us often decry the awards for not recognizing often yeah. enough mm-hmm. um so maybe I, I know this isn't the point of the episode but uh maybe that's one where i applaud the academy for giving it to the sounds of the lambs oh absolutely yeah. josh and i have regularly talked about and maybe, and maybe we can speak to that right now. And Josh is the only person at the table that has uh, seen all the best pictures. Mm-hmm. By and large, if you were to describe the like a, a template, obviously it doesn't work for everyone. Mm-hmm. But in your opinion, knowing Oscar history, best picture, what is it? What does it usually encompass? <laughs> um, I'm springing this on you, so I apologize. Yeah, I know. <sighs> It's hard to say because you there are certain things. I mean, there are things we call Oscar bait for a reason. You know, the uh, epic period pieces, things about uh, for for acting ones. If you have a mental illness, mm. um, but is it here's something? Um, I'm going to borrow a phrase from Nazis. Um, that's one. One of my all time favorite movie critics, Jonathan Rosenbaum. 
who talked about movies with what he called lightweight uplift, mm-hmm. which is what I often I often crowd into the sort of the middle brow category. It seems like uh, movies, and this is why I feel like Twelve Years a Slave might be a favorite this year because it's movies that make the viewer feel like they went through something, but they're they're safe and they're somehow better for having seen it. Yeah, but it's not necessarily all that challenging. Yeah. And I guess just looking at recent years, going back to the King's speech, I, I can't, t- I didn't see the King's speech. My understanding of what the King's speech is seems to fit that category. Yeah. That's I what don't it know, is. What won last year? Les Miserables? <laughs> I know it did, but I have no idea what won last Argo. year. Argo. Argo won last Argo. year. That's yeah. the kind of thing that, you're talking about. That fits that same. It feels yeah, important mold. and it feels like you uh, went through oh, I, I like Argo better than I think both of you guys. That's true. Um, yeah, I don't like although it. Although I don't really like it until they actually get to Iran. Pretty much the first half of the movie I don't like very much at all. Yeah, anytime they spend in uh, Hollywood, I yeah, don't care it's for. it's pretty bullshit. Mm-hmm. Pretty much bullshit, but um, <laughs> it's not pretty. Uh, it's pretty much bullshit. <laughs> uh, but once they get into Iran and it turns into, kind of like we're talking about Silence of the Lambs, it's essentially a, a thriller. It's a genre movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I, I, I like Argo a lot. Yeah. It's uh, so much so that you call it the best movie of the year? No. Uh, <laughs> but that's, to get off topic, um, Tyler, you and I have talked about movies... Um, how important an ending is to a movie. Mm. Um, and and uh, I, I, I was thinking of, uh, I was trying to think, I'm trying to think what the example, well, I, I was thinking of movies that, that I saw in 2013 that like at halfway through the movie, I felt like this might end up on my top 10 list. Things like Pain and Gain and The Bling Ring are both movies mm-hmm. that I really liked early on. But by the end, they had squandered. Whereas there are other movies, and this is what I'm, try- I'm having trouble coming up with an example, with an example that uh, took me a while to get into, to get used to, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of, uh, this isn't from this past year, but from the year before, Safety Not Guaranteed was a movie that I was pretty sure I hated by the halfway point. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and I'm not saying I loved it by the end, but I'm glad I watched the whole thing because it, yeah. it gets much better. I, I just saw that one it? recently, yeah. No, I, I feel that way about because, yeah. Some of them where they have a thing like that where there's something you're not quite sure about, um, those are the ones that especially it really depends on how the ending goes because yeah. it, it's like it could go this way it could go that way it, 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 that's one in particular where it seems like it's kind of leaning one or the other it feels like it has to be one of these two ways and uh, halfway through you you can imagine either one being terrible you know <laughs> yeah. I think that happens with a lot of movies that have that kind of where where it's hanging on a question you're wondering this question about it like is it going to happen or isn't it going to happen and um. Some of those, it depends on the way it ends. No, that's to get to the point is that that's why I like Argo better than you guys do. But I still don't think it was um, worth worth winning, uh, especially yeah. in the year with Django Unchained and with Les Mis, which I like. I think I know I like it better than you. I don't know. I like I like Les Mis. Um, actually, I, I I often return to listening to the soundtrack on Spotify while I work. Not really. <laughs> Not every song though, right? No, I just hit play and go through it. Why? What song don't you like? Look, I defend Russell Crowe and oh. say good for him for trying something new. Uh, yeah, this is my thing where I don't this I don't care that much about how good someone's singing voice is if I think they're acting it well, and I think he was. Hey, I you know you knew Can, me in high school. It always bothered me that it's like yeah, but what about the acting in a musical? No, like I get it, but at the same time, like he's a certain type of not great singer that it's it comes off a little too nasally. And it's and it it's a the type of performance that requires that you belt it out, 
I feel and like he's not okay. able to belt it. Out. I, I know it bothered everyone. It didn't bother me. Did, I but feel like even nominated. if I even if I like it when the uh, when I'm watching the movie, I feel like listening to the soundtrack would be harder. Is it? But you don't find no. I, but I, it never bothered me as much yeah. as it does other people. <laughs> but okay, yeah. Amor was also nominated last year. Life of Pi. Yeah, Zero uh, Dark Zero Thirty. Dirty. And Lincoln, which I um, have. You like better than I do. I it's it's a movie that I uh, will probably continue to return to throughout my life i'll never consider it a great movie but mm. uh it's it's really really watchable well me. and that's and that goes to um that goes to the idea of uh what we were talking about what what josh was starting to talk about before which is the template for a best picture not that lincoln won best picture lincoln does seem like one of those though it's yeah. got the big name, like no. hard hitter actors in it. It deals with a, 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 a big event and a political right. idea. An historical event that we can all feel good about now. Right. Back on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, like we all know, like with 12 years of slave, we all know, and crash. We mm-hmm. all know what's the right side to be on. Yeah. Now. Yeah. It, 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 you could almost say probably looking through the years, of the Oscars, that that's kind of, that's kind of the rule. And then we just sort of deviate from it here and there, mm-hmm. um, yeah. to go to something like a silence of the lambs or something that has a dark ending, like no country, no country for, old, for men. old men. Like that kind of ending is, is surprisingly dark for that or a, a comedy, which almost never happens. But like Annie Hall was a, uh-huh. that's a definitely a step away from your typical Oscar thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, though, I don't think it should have won. I recognize that the win for The Departed was a function of, hey, Martin Scorsese. I recognize it was that. But that film got a lot of support for a movie that really doesn't seem Oscar-y. It kind of yeah. has the, again, I don't love it. Except the fact that it's an hour longer than it needs to be. Which fair. Is often <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> part of the um, but yeah, it's 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 pulpy and it's it's got a dark ending and it you can't really latch on to any character and say i really like this guy except mark Wahlberg. um and i don't even really like him that much yeah uh but i'm always happier when he's on screen than no no question about it <laughs> and so but that's the thing like you said josh like movies like that you take specific note of mm-hmm. because they're so out of the normal yeah thing you know, it doesn't seem to, to make any sense. And that also leads to another question about when the Oscars quote unquote, get it wrong. Some people said, and I think the case could be made that his, the win for that, that year was everybody being like, well, Martin Scorsese is getting old. We don't know how much longer he's going to be making movies, which now looking back is stupid because how many movies has he made since then? Like in six, in seven years, he's made like four more movies. He made four. I only know of Hugo and Wolf of Wall Street. There's Did you make another one? Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Oh, that's right. Am I missing another one? Uh, I feel like there's another one since then. Oh, Juno. He did Juno. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, a real return well, he, to form he, for him. Um, <laughs> he did the Shine a Light, the documentary. The oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's He's right. probably done a couple documentaries. Yeah. Of course, I never think of his documentaries when yeah. I think of him. <laughs> Shutter Island is better than Departed, right? I, I kind of lump them together. They seem like... Yeah. I have much... I think Wolf I, I of Wall Street is better than Departed. Oh, yeah. I don't think either Shutter Island or The Departed is really good, but I would take Shutter Island over The Departed. And I'm yeah. not a fan of Hugo. Neither of you have seen it, right? I haven't seen I haven't Hugo. Seen huh. Interesting. Yeah. I don't care for it. Um, I don't think I'm going to like it, which is too bad. That's one of the reasons I haven't seen it is it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like it fits with 
Scorsese's director. I don't know. Like it's visually beautiful, but I just uh, yeah. it looks like he's trying to make a Jean-Pierre Jeunet film, doesn't it? Like kind of. It's there. It's whimsy. It's got whimsy yeah. to it. Like he doesn't do whimsy. But he doesn't do whimsy. No, at all. Yeah. <laughs> like Wolf of Wall Street is as whimsical as he uh-huh. can get. Yeah, which is still pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, we should. We don't want to go on forever. Yeah. What, okay. what else? What else did you guys have to? Get? Well, I'll throw, had, I'll throw it to. Uh, to up John. Oh, okay. Good. Minutes. I had. A, I had a couple. You rattle off a few. I had a couple thing here. So these are. I tried to go back because we weren't. We're talking about mostly fairly newer ones. So I tried to look back and see some kind of old ones. Uh, one that surprises me anyway is uh, 1942. There's nothing. Nothing at all. I believe for Sullivan's Travels, which. Oh. Is a very good movie and might not seem to make that much of a difference, but how many people have seen the winner that year, Mrs. Miniver? Has anyone? I've never seen it. I've seen it. It's okay. Like, so let me see what else. That that year, the other nominees for picture were The Invaders. That's a Michael Powell film. Don't know what it is. King's Row. Don't know what it is. Oh, we talked about the music for King's Row. Oh, yeah. With uh, West West Anthony. Oh, okay. Good music. I'll tell you that right now. Well, let's... we can see later whether it won for music. Um, but uh, Magnificent Ambersons. Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, a movie called The Pied Piper, which I guess is about... Where's he from? The Pied... <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't get the reference. Oh. The Pied Piper of Hamlin. Oh. Uh, oh. I was trying to think of another ham place, but I couldn't. All I could think of was Hamburg. No, I don't know yes. if that joke was going to play. You could have said Hamburg, and it would have been fine. That would have been all right. Um, Pride of the Yankees. Random Harvest, which I've heard is good but have not seen. Hmm. Um, the Talk of the Town. It's a George Stevens film. Uh, Wake Island and Yankee Doodle Dandy. They now had a oh, lot of movies okay. back then. Yeah, there were more back then. Yeah. But like, th- there's several in there that we've never heard of and most people have not seen Mrs. Miniver, the winner that year, and Sullivan's Travels is, doesn't even have a nomination there and well, what about, did not get one for directing either which is too bad because i love preston sturgis is the uh, my impression has always been that the the consensus worst film ever to win best picture at least before crash um, <laughs> was uh around the world in 80 days mm-hmm. uh you've seen it I take yes it. yeah is it as awful as i hear you know what it, it's it's not good but I don't remember it being particularly bad. Like, I don't remember disliking it. Whereas I do remember disliking Tom Jones when I saw that one. That's one I always bring up because people don't remember it. But that, that Tom Jones is like this goofy, like mess of a movie. I don't even know really what it's supposed to be. Like it's, it's like, let's take a, a classic novel, like 1700s classic. And, Let's make it '60s goofy, <laughs> uh-huh. and 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 it doesn't make any sense. Uh, what about Oliver? Oliver. Oliver. <laughs> it's like, like or, it, or as I would say, Oliver! Exclamation <laughs> point. Yeah, um, I like that one. You like the film or the? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's that sort of thing where I like the I like the stage musical, and I yeah. don't remember hating the film. It's not. It's not. It's not terrible. I think that's just one of those ones that knowing the other thing, because that's 2001, right? Is that year? Oh, the same year as 2001. Right, yeah. yeah. It didn't come out in 2001. <laughs> no. It wasn't um, up against Black Down. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, man. I'd like to see that battle. Um, but, right. but, and then some of those we have to see, like, what were the other things that were that year? Like, the, the uh, looking at 56, which is around the world in 80 days, the giant, maybe... 
Uh, yeah, that's of the list there. That's the only other one I, I can to, see. Maybe what else is on there? It's friendly persuasion, giant, the king and I, the Ten Commandments. Yeah, I. Uh, so that's I used not a real strong year anyway. An Oscar book that uh, you know would say uh, back before the internet, you know, uh, would go through year by year and talk and just give you the nominees, winners, but then also just a little, just a few paragraphs overview mm-hmm. of the ceremony sometimes, but also just. Putting it in historical it might context. Be like the same type of thing. It's yeah. got little, little bits like that. And it says, and now admittedly this book, I bought it in 1995, so, mm-hmm. uh, but it said that 1956 was the worst Oscar year ever as far as what was nominated. Like, and yeah. I would say, had, I don't know how, uh, if they do this book every year, but if they'd stuck around through 2002... Okay. I think that would give 56 well, a run for its money. Let's look at the nominees. What do you I can tell you right First, now. Just because I have it right here, too, it does say in this one that The Searchers was in 56, but was not nominated for anything. So yeah. that's that's one, maybe. Also, The Man Who Knew Too Much was that year, and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, but of course, The Searchers, you know, John Ford always had, like, a lot of uh, Oscar support. But, yeah, I, for whatever reason, The Searchers, nah, no thanks. No. The King and I, But though. this, uh... This hot air balloon movie, though. Don't you worry. <laughs> but that had the spectacle thing. It, you know, that movie was... It, it wasn't great, but it would have been better if it had Jackie Chan in it, I think. Uh, that's what I think. <laughs> but I think that about almost anything. That's what Rain Man was missing. Jackie oh, Chan. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, 2002. Chan. I'm looking at 2002. This is kind of rough. It's rough, isn't it? There's some good stuff in there that didn't get, like, the nominations it should have. Talk to Her got Best Director nomination. Um, and it won did, screenplay. Uh, one screen. Okay. Um, Diane Lane was nominated for Unfaithful. Julianne Moore for Far From Heaven. Yep. These, are, these are good things that I support. <laughs> that's the pianist that year, right? I yeah. do like that movie. That's a good one. Here's the other no- Here's the other nominees for picture. I know Chicago, The Two Towers, which is good. Mm. Uh, the Hours, The Hours, I don't like. And Gangs of New York, which is not yeah. good. Scorsese, yeah. Uh, and just like so, as I went through, I'm like, I don't really like Chicago, but what would I give it to instead? It's like The Pianist, I guess. Yeah, like it was a, it was a big shrug of a year. Yeah, Best Actor was a strong category that year, and went to Adrian uh, Peterson. Wait, hang on. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, well done. Uh, I was going to say Adrian Brody. Wait, isn't that that guy from the OC? No, that's Adam Brody. <laughs> it took me a moment. Um, and he's good, and I'm fine with that. But of course, Daniel Day Lewis was that year. Jack Nicholson, Michael, Michael Caine, mm. and uh, Nicolas Cage in Adaptation, which is a wonderful. Oh yeah. Um, eh. You don't like his performances in? I know you don't like Adaptation. I know that you you hate yeah. it. I guess that's another thing, like the Shore Agdeslu thing. I just like lump his performance in with the fact that I don't like the movie. I still don't understand why you don't like that movie. Um, because, uh, like, I I get the point that you made in uh, a movie that turns into a self-indulgent piece of crap at the end, but that doesn't help me enjoy the movie. It's still a self-indulgent piece of crap at the end. Oh, I and, love it so much. And you I know like what? It. The more I think about it, I think Nicolas Cage's performance is a big part of the reason I don't like it. If the movie were about, just about, Chris Cooper and Meryl Streep, I would love it. That's my favorite part of the movie. But I find, uh, yeah, I guess I just don't like Nicolas Cage's... Cage's so basically, movie. every part of adaptation that makes it the movie it is, <laughs> right. is not for you. <laughs> right. The fact yeah. that he's in the film at yes. all. Yes, exactly. Not merely Nicolas Cage, but the character of Charlie Kaufman. So. Yeah. 
Well, if, if there's one thing I know about you, you hate meta. <laughs> That's not true. I know. Um, and also, uh, part of it might be that I saw that movie as a fallback because uh, our old roommate, um, Cole, and mm-hmm. I got the date wrong. We found out a theater was playing um, Ziggy Stardust and the Spider from Mar- Spiders from Mars. We were super excited to go see it. And we got there and we realized we had the wrong day and they weren't playing it that day. Oh, and man. We just saw Adaptation. <laughs> So I, it, was a, it was a consolation prize. You know what? I would prefer David Bowie to Nicolas Cage. Fair enough. I it, saw Cold Mountain because Bad Santa was sold out. <laughs> so one time, one time I saw a movie called 15 Minutes because the person who was driving to the theater was late and we didn't get there in time to see Shadow of the Vampire. That was maybe the worst at one of those type of experiences I've ever had. And I, I hope that person regrets it to this day. <laughs> And has learned a lesson or two about punctuality. <laughs> Is it me? Are we talking about me? Yeah, we're talking oh, about okay. Josh. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. You eventually saw Shout of the Vampire, uh-huh. as did I. Yeah. We also got to see 15 <laughs> Minutes, a movie. It's always nice to be reminded how b- bad movies can be. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Yeah, it's such a, a bad movie. I don't even remember what that movie is. Oh, Edward man. Burns and Robert De Niro and Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, is, is it like an Edward Burns movie? I don't. Remember. I think Edward Burns and like Robert De Niro is like the veteran arson investigator. I could just be like writing a new movie <laughs> in my mind. And Edward <laughs> Burns is notes. like the new guy who's being trained to yeah. investigate. He may or may not be a hot shot. I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then things they find in an arson investigation lead to a conspiracy and then Kelsey Grammer gestures wildly to that's, a television. That's not him. Oh no, he's on the TV. He's on the TV. Right. Uh, basically these, uh, these, uh, evil arsonists realize that if they like videotape themselves and put themselves like send it to like news organizations that they'll get their 15 minutes of fame. Oh, you remember it better than I do. Yeah. And is so that's, re- is this a real movie? It sure is. I feel is. like I'm being punked right and now. And Kelsey Grammer is the, uh, is the, the anchor who's like a sensationalist and all that kind of thing. And so, uh, yeah, the, the scene you're talking about, David involves, uh, a woman who's only in one scene plays like the, like the, the receptionist or something at the, at the, uh, at the news, news station, station. Yeah. and then someone's like we gotta see that tape and she goes you wanna see it there it is and it's this big <laughs> dramatic point and you can tell this actress is so excited to have this one scene <laughs> and points to the monitor and uh, it was so you and I burst out laughing and our friend uh, uh, Keith? Keith yeah yeah um, so okay I know we gotta we gotta wrap yeah. up so I'm gonna I'm gonna 120 minutes that's how long 15 minutes is <laughs> two hours of that it's Eight segments of 15 minutes each. How, and that woman's not even in it for 15 minutes. That's too bad. It's too bad. That she was her could. 15 minutes, and it wasn't even 15 minutes. So if we were doing the BPs back then, she'd be eligible for Best Cameo. <laughs> um, so she'd walk away with it. I would like to know if that actress went on to be, like, a huge star. <laughs> like, it turns out it's Rachel McAdams or something <laughs> like that. Vera <laughs> uh, <laughs> Formiga. <laughs> um, but, uh, okay. So, so okay, I'll throw it to you before I just rattle off uh, a few. Are there any others that you feel very passionately about, whether it be picture or any other thing? Uh, two quick things. Well, one that maybe you were going to say, that which is Jack Lemmon didn't get any nomination for Glengarry Glenn Ross. Uh, who was nominated that year? Mm-hmm. 
Well, okay. somebody, Al Pacino from Al Pacino, Ross. Al Pacino won. See, I was trying to make this a quick one. Look what you did. Sorry. Oh, and uh, Denzel Washington for Malcolm X was What nominated. year is this? That was 92. All right. Um, 92. Uh, no David Paymer for Mr. Saturday Night. Jack Nicholson for A Few Good Men. Jay Davidson for The Crying Game. Yeah. Gene Hackman won for Unforgiven. Oh, so you're saying so you're saying supporting actor for Jack Lemmon? Yes. Oh, yeah. that's interesting because historically for uh, the Tonys and stuff, Shelley Levine is considered lead. Oh yeah. And Ricky Roma is considered supporting. And well, Al Pacino was nominated for supporting. If it's if it's for lead actor, it's Robert Downey Jr. and Chaplin, Clint Eastwood in Unforgiven, Al Pacino in Son of a Woman who won, Stephen Ray in The Crying Game, and Denzel Washington in Malcolm Wait, X. Are you sure this is the same year as Glenn Gary Glenn Ross? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because Al Pacino was nominated that year oh, as, uh, yeah. I see. Yeah. I see. And Jake Davidson nominated for Best Supporting Actor. That's a spoiler, right? Yeah. For The Crying Game. <laughs> that, he was nom- that he was nominated as Best Supporting Every Actor. Day. It's spelled J-A-Y-E, though, so it, but the, I don't know what that name is. Best Supporting Actor. That's true. Everyone they, they, everyone knows that one already. I haven't seen it, and I already know. I already know that one. It's an okay. oh, it's an awesome movie. I've never. I need to see that. So that that's one I put. Um, that's not, and by the way, that's actually not not like the first time that has happened. Linda Hunt uh-huh. for the year of Living Dangerously, she won Best Supporting Actress for playing a man. But it's not a reveal, right? Right. It's right. just that she played uh, a man. She didn't play a woman playing a man, right? Like she like, just. Like, like the character of last year. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, she just played this, uh, like Peter Weir, noted uh, fascinating filmmaker, just said, she's better than all the actors we got coming in, so let's do it. Yeah. Which that's, I find fascinating. That's and crazy. a lot of people didn't know until the Oscars came out that Ed Harris actually played Julianne Moore in The Hours. Oh, <laughs> until he was nominated yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> okay. So, um, um, then I, I so also have... Manchurian candidate didn't get a nomination. Mm. That's probably because of the whole Kennedy thing. Whatever, it's such a big deal. <laughs> uh, and then I don't have this down, but you you've mentioned Crash already. We don't have to go in to talk about it a whole bunch. But what bothers me even more than the fact of it winning picture is original screenplay, mm-hmm. because that year I think all of those screenplays are not only better than that, but much better. The other original screenplays are. Uh, the Squid and the Whale by Noah Baumbach, Match Point by Woody Allen, Good Night and Good Luck by George Clooney and Grant Heslov, and Siriana by Stephen Gagan. Siriana I don't love, but... I like Good, good Night and Good Luck of those. Yeah. Oh my Squid gosh. Squid and the Whale, yeah, it's... Those are... And, and that that the one that wins is the clunky, heavy-handed, awkward one is just... Yeah. just the one, like, Crash won three Oscars that year. Picture, screenplay, and editing. I'm actually okay with it winning editing. It's actually a well yeah. put together film. Yeah, I give you that. Um, but I yeah, would give it picture over screenplay that year. Really? Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, that uh, Crash is is a movie that I actually I don't think I enjoy it, but there are moments in it that I still yeah. like. I mean, I when I watched it, I was like, "That's nice." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not was like best picture. That was, it was uh, five, five. Oh, it was yeah, five. for the yeah. ceremony. And here's six. here's what it won over: Good Night and Good Luck, Capote, Brokeback Mountain, and Munich. I like any all of those? those. Yeah, any of those? I like all those movies. And yeah. then here's the thing: maybe this is a controversial uh, opinion. Ang Lee won best director for Brokeback Mountain uh-huh. that year. 
compared to, say, Spielberg for Munich, I don't think Ang Lee uh, deserved it. Really? I don't it's, know. It's I, well directed. It's finely directed, but like compared to, say, say, compared to his other films where I feel like there's a much. I don't know. It's, I feel like the way Brokeback Mountain is directed, I feel like anybody could have done that. Well, I, I guess it depends strange. on what you mean by directed. I, mean, I, 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 you know, subscribe to the auteur theory more often than not. And so whichever movie of those I like best, that's the director I pick. Brokeback Mountain was my number two of 2005. What was your number one again? It was not nominated. Mysterious Skin. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's a great movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I guess, I guess it's that, but it's just, it's one of those things for, uh, Brokeback Mountain. It also won cinematography and it's a beautiful movie to look at, but, and this does often happen with cinematography is they shot really beautiful rolling hills. <laughs> It wasn't shot in a particularly amazing way. It's I just d- I disagree the with scenery you. happened to be beautiful. I disagree with you. I don't think he's just pointing uh, and shooting just because he's he's standing back. Uh, and I mean, Ang Lee tends to often tends to present things as a, as a sort of almost like you're looking under a proscenium. He has a that that sort of. Uh, um, I guess it would be. It's is is it is it is it racist to compare him to Ozu in that he like tends to. <laughs> remove himself a little bit yes, from it is racist. Racist. <laughs> okay obviously uh but i, th- I think that's uh yeah i mean the hulk notwithstanding um because he was clearly trying something there uh and succeeding uh i mean you might uh, what you're saying uh, that he's just pointing it at the rolling hills you might then you might as well say that ozu was just setting up a camera and pointing it at, at his actors yeah exactly that's what i'm saying <laughs> it's not the case and i also think he treated his actors like cattle moving on um <laughs> i'm joking of course uh no it's and that's the thing is is i'll trust that you guys know what i mean when i say this his choice is that it appears that he is not making a choice like i do understand that and that that is i don't know that i even agree with that i think that there is i think it, it, some of his framing is a little conspicuous um in a good way. Okay. Uh, I guess you and I just saw the movie differently. Yeah. And I do think from a directorial standpoint, I think that Munich is a much greater achievement. Uh, but is that like, uh, see that gets into the thing that, and I love Munich, but it's, you know, I I like, um, rock and roll music and I like someone who can play the guitar well, Mm -hmm. but I want someone who can play the guitar in a way that makes me feel not in a way that basically what I'm saying is I don't like Eric Clapton because <laughs> the whole thing with Eric Clapton is like, oh, he's so talented. Like, like the stuff that he's playing is so difficult or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't like measuring by that by that rubric. Uh, I'm much more a fan of the John Spencer Blues Explosion. Who John Spencer is not some sort of virtuoso, but he like fucking gets things out of that guitar, you know, that, that really make you move and feel. Are you saying you didn't was, feel anything with Munich? Uh, no, that's why I'm saying that I made that caveat. But, okay. but your 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 assertion that it's more of an achievement is something that I push against. Uh, I don't want to look at what the scope of the thing is and say uh, he had a tougher job and therefore he gets the um, the the award. At the end of the day, I think. Uh, well, first off, I hate that phrase. At the end of the day, I don't know why I said it. Which is weird because <laughs> you, know you love Les Rock. That's exactly why I said it. I had that song away. Um, anyway, uh, at the end of the day. Uh, Brokeback Mountain was a movie that I that affected me more deeply and so therefore subscribing to the auteur theory 
Ang Lee did a better job as a director than Steven Spielberg did. And Even though Munich remains my favorite Steven Spielberg film. And it's odd because... Uh, so what, I'm trying to think. What was the phrase that you that you used uh, by At the Jonathan, end of the day? Jonathan wrote... That's the one. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, Master of the House? Um, um, uh, Jonathan Rosenbaum said... Uh, lightweight uplift. Okay, that's what uh, Brokeback Mountain felt for me. As opposed to, I felt like the emotions that I felt while watching Munich were actually kind of dangerous. I felt a little unsafe and I, with that I one. totally agree with you about Munich uh, on Brokeback Mountain. I disagree, but I can see how... I think this is a thing like... And this is just a coincidence. I'm not confused. I'm not going to get into like the I fact. I do not that, like where we are headed. Yeah, I, and I know where we are headed. The fact <laughs> that these are both movies about gay people is like not what we're talking about here. But uh, you also didn't like the kids are all right, which mm-hmm. is I think in both cases I will have to accuse you of not looking far enough below the surface of the movie because I think in both cases they are. Uh, um, yeah, Brokeback Mountain on its surface is uh, a tragic love story. Underneath, it is about things that are more specific and more grand and more universal and more human and more painful than I could even put into, uh, uh, you know, a, a simple uh, wrap up or a simple like tagline or whatever. And I and I Log do line, I and I did like Brokeback Mountain quite a bit. Kids are all right. I'll contend is not very good, but <laughs> but Brokeback Mountain I I liked quite a bit. But oddly enough, all the stuff that you're talking about, which I agree with, and that's the thing, it's when we're talking about a director, a director, because I also subscribe to the auteur theory, um, a director has control over every aspect of the film, but I would say with Brokeback Mountain, a lot of the stuff you're talking about felt to me more of a, more a function of the acting than of uh, directorial choices, but of course... A performance is still a directorial choice as well. In fact, that so. might be the most basic, you know, kind the most of, basic yeah. way of judging a director is how well did he get the actor to perform. Yeah. So, Although I know a lot of people who disagree, but that's, you know, but mm, exactly people back in school possible. that I don't talk to anymore. Anyway, that was fun. We don't argue often enough. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> and uh, we totally cut Josh out of it. I'm sorry. Josh, what do you think of uh, Munich? Uh, it's been, first it's been too long since I've seen Brokeback Mountain. I remember nothing about the cinematography. Uh, I remember, I think, it being an affecting story I, I remember connecting with the characters um i'm not really a fan of munich <laughs> so we'll just let that you are insane <sighs> all right um like neither of those you're are still the movies. like you know like a good friend and stuff just insane <laughs> you're just insane that's all right i just I have lost. to i have to I make a little mental that. note josh insane insane so when you see me that's like a thing that yeah. pops up above my head and exactly. you see the little label so you're josh you remember. green and insane right and that's not um and uh yeah that's all i that's all i have to say okay. about that <laughs> should we wrap up then i think this was a really fun episode that went places i didn't expect it to uh, uh and we had fun let me yeah, uh wrap up. let me fire through some things with no commentary <laughs> okay sorry i will try to restrain myself because i'm sure you'll say something that i'll have a let's uh, probably yeah. we should be allowed like a one word commentary yeah okay um <laughs> that's not a word <laughs> <laughs> One real word that you could play in Scrabble. <laughs> you had, you're ready Nin- to fire through Okay, 98. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I have so many things, but I want to try and okay. make sure I... Mm. 98, Roberta Benini. Oh. One over Tom Hanks, Saving Private Ryan, Ian McKellen, Gods and Monsters, Nick Nolte, Affliction, Edward Norton, American History X. Yeah, that's... You don't even have the list off the other people. The Roberta Benini winning. Right. He's, he's fun. Been, I like his performance, yeah. but that is a, such an example. You said one word. Damn it! <laughs> we immediately. Sorry. It, Italy. 
<laughs> That's true. Yes, you and I've had this conversation before. Right, uh, moving on, Roberto Benigni has been a hundred times better than that in other things, like Down by Law. I, I was going to say that on Earth. But there's no, there's no uh, concentration camps in Down by Law. Yeah. Right. See, that's, there's that's no, the difference. Uh, what is it? Soft uplift or whatever? <laughs> Lightweight uplift. Yeah. Soft uplift. <laughs> it's not that kind of hard uplift. That <laughs> <laughs> uplift that earns it, damn it. Um, Ron Howard was not nominated for Best Director for Apollo 13, and that astounds me. Like that is a was direct- it nominated for best picture? It was. It's always one of those. Was there one of these? Uh, we'll talk about it next week. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nineteen ninety four. Hoop dreams. Hoop dreams was not nominated for documentary. It was for editing. Rightfully so on that one. But well, no nomination for directing. There have been. Uh, I'm not an expert on this, but there uh, uh, documentary. Sorry. Uh, every year there's stories about how weird the documentary nominating process is, and there are always documentaries that get left out. Yeah, and, and this we'll, we'll talk the, about it next this, year or next yeah, week. Yeah, 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 there's tons. Uh, 1989, Do the Right Thing was up for screenplay, which it did not win. It lost to Dead Poets Society, and it was up for supporting actor for Danny Aiello, and that was it. That's That upsets me more, I think, just because I, I feel like Spike Lee's made a lot of movies, and I, I honestly don't feel like he's made a lot of great ones, mm-hmm. but that is a great one. So I, when I feel like there's a prolific filmmaker who does make a great one and then it doesn't get recognized very much, that upsets me. Do you think it was the thing that like, he was still seen as too young by the older Academy? Maybe. Uh, Could have been. And I think the movie, probably, it might have made people uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's probably, I was going to say there might be a race, yeah. part, not necessarily racism, although probably a little racism. Not not the um, kind of uncomfortable that people can deal with like yeah. they could in yeah. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That, that goes back to the thing I'm talking about, This 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 the, the, difference between, the difference between Do the Right Thing and 12 Years a Slave is that 12 Years a Slave confirms what you already believe and makes you feel better about it whereas do the right thing actually challenges uh challenges that, you and that that's one of the wrong. i'm sorry I no, go ahead. that's one of the reasons i'm not a huge fan of 12, 12 years of slave we don't have to go into all of it but i feel like it it's kind of like we for me it feels like we've been there before yeah but. as opposed to and we talked about this i think with gordy hoffman maybe off, did we talk about it off air i don't know at that point i hadn't seen 12 years of slave yet so oh, i okay. sat out of the conversation yeah he and i were talking about uh Django Unchained, which has such a vitality to it, not just because of Tarantino, but also that it felt dangerous. Like the stuff, not unlike Inglorious Bastards, that kind of uh, kind of revenge thing, uh, and just like it's fun, but you're also like, oh, this is making me uncomfortable yeah. a little bit. Um, and do the right thing kind of feels sort of a of a piece with that. Like Josh and I, we uh, this is a while back, uh, we recorded an episode of More Than One Lesson about Crash, and the companion film was Do the Right Thing. Both of them you know, uh, meditations, I'm being generous, meditations on race and race relations, admittedly one by a white guy, one by uh, a black guy, but either way, and both with large ensemble casts take place, takes place over the course of one day, though crash doesn't feel like it. Um, and just, but one of them feels so safe. And the other, even like we, 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 uh, rewatched do the right thing in preparation for that. So years, years, years and years later, it's still, I still watch him like, man, this is rough. Right down to like the last image of Mm -hmm. uh, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King shaking hands. It's just like, I don't know what to think. (laughs) I love it. It's so great. And of course, what one best picture that year? Driving Miss Daisy, (laughs) (laughs) which had its own uh, race relations stuff. Okay. uh, Real quick. um, Okay. We already briefly talked about, and so I won't go too far into it. 
the the mixing up of supporting and lead. Uh-huh. Timothy Hutton won Best Supporting Actor for um, uh, Ordinary People. Right. He's wonderful in the film. He's the lead. He's clearly no the qu- lead. He's clearly the lead. He's in a sa- the same category as Judd Hirsch in Ordinary People. So who, if he's not the lead, who is the lead in that movie? I guess in theory, Donald Sutherland, who wasn't nominated. But Mary Tyler Moore was nominated for lead. No. But she's not. No, she's not. He, it's, there's one lead and three supporting. Yeah, that's the one where it, it doesn't even take someone who, like, thinks about film as much as we do. Like, anyone who's seen Ordinary People knows who the lead of the movie is. It's yeah. pretty clear. Yeah, it's, mm. it's ridiculous. And then, of course, I mean, we've talked about Training Day ad nauseum on the show. But, um... And then, of course, what's oh yeah, yeah, because he was nominated for lead when he was yeah when Ethan Hawke is clearly the lead character yeah, and he was nominated for supporting yeah, like they weird. still felt the need to nominate both of them but totally flip flopped yeah. uh, and then um, Jamie Foxx nominated in supporting for uh, Ray uh, uh, Collateral yeah <laughs> uh, and that's the thing it's because of Ray and just the the rules that like an actor can't be nominated twice in one category though a director can and a writer can and all that, but actors cannot. And so they're like, well, we still want to put him out there. So we'll put him in as supporting for collateral, even though he is unquestionably the lead. And then the other one that gets me is uh, Forrest Whitaker. Don't get me wrong. He deserved an Oscar for last King of Scotland, but not in lead. It is not right, his movie. Yeah, no. um, 2006 was a rough year in general because Alan Arkin won for uh, little miss sunshine the same year that, Jackie Earl Haley was nominated for Little Children, and come on. Ooh, yeah, that's a good performance. Yeah. Uh, that's a movie that I'm worried people are going to forget about. I don't, and I don't love it. I love that I don't that like movie. that uh, miserabilism is how I think of that movie. Uh, and, yeah, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Little Children. We will have to oh, talk man. about the term miserabilism, which I've not heard ever in my life until right now. <laughs> well, that might be the first time someone's used it. Fair enough. Have you no. heard it before? <laughs> I've heard miserablest before okay you're thinking of miserables yeah, yeah. Miserab, at the end of the day that's what i'm thinking of yeah master of the house uh, uh, this think, this show could go on for one day I more and i wouldn't care there should be there should be a follow-up episode that's called lay miserableism <laughs> speaking of and we, we can end on this because this is, uh, has nothing to do with anything Damn it. speaking of things like okay if you had more i thought you were done um we were talking about the crying game being a spoiler the name of the song is in Les Mis is Javert's Suicide. <laughs> like, that's kind of a bummer if all you did is buy the soundtrack album or say listen to this episode of Battleship Retention. That's kind of a spoiler. Anyway. Um, uh, the last one I'll, I'll bring up, and this is, this is you know, a rough... Uh, oh, and to go back to the supporting thing, uh, Michael, uh, sorry, uh, Al Pacino as Michael Corleone for The First Godfather was nominated in supporting. Uh-huh. He's, really? He is a co-lead if not a straight up lead and brando is supporting i think he yeah he seems like the lead to me yeah i think so um and uh but that whole section in italy there's no one even in it but him and apollonia yeah it's anyway um but the other thing that i'll say and i don't say it lightly i love kramer versus kramer i think (laughs) it's a wonderful film it's not apocalypse now You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's a tough movie. I almost, like, Apocalypse Now is something that is, I can almost, I understand. Like, why people might have had a tough time with it. Oh, yeah. absolutely. It's That's one that I kind of have a tough time with now, still. Like, it's it's very complex. And that's one that you and I always, or at least I always go back to when I say that, like, sometimes 
there's there are films that you can tell even the filmmaker himself is like I, I just have to do this right. yeah. <laughs> but i don't know why <laughs> and that's one of them yeah um and you've seen the the full yes version it's awesome it's amazing the, it it's, has its detractors yeah even among people who like the theatrical cut who don't like the yeah. director's cut i disagree i think it's amazing and it's weird because i so often when the academy favors um spectacle for best picture uh-huh. i almost always am like come on but this is one of those instances where i was like look kramer versus kramer i love <laughs> but come on <laughs> <laughs> all right can we wrap up sure all right um josh thank you for being here okay you're welcome um thank you uh um for listening you can find us at battleship you can uh email us david at battleship or tyler at battleship you can follow me on twitter at the pretension you can follow tyler on twitter at more lessons that's the official twitter of his other podcast more than one lesson which is at more than one lesson.com my other podcast is hey watch this which you can find at battleship josh where can people find you you can find me at the josh long on twitter and that's it okay um oh so we're almost out. Yeah, sorry, I forgot. Okay. I was checking my email while you were going through that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, if you enjoyed this conversation, uh, you can head on o- you can head on over to morethanonelesson.com dot com and our ver- our first episode or our first minisode talking about uh, the best picture winners, in which we will be talking about Argo. Uh, that uh, will be posted, and you can listen to that. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 